What's up, everybody? Episode 69 of the Holland Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight, and we've got a great show lined up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to talk about SEC football returning this Saturday, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on the PlayStation 5 price and release date. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time we get in, everybody. Episode 69 of the Holland Infinity Podcast. The podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. Your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And please make sure to like us on the social media sites. Like us on Facebook at High on Infinity Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod. Or follow me on my personal accounts on Twitter and Instagram at SoYamAsian. AV did not get all that. Please hit the link tree link in the bio of the show. It has all our social media sites and our podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on your preferred streaming service. And yes, we're back after a quote-unquote week off, but this time I am serious. Next week, we'll be taking a week off. There will be no podcast episode. No matter what happens during my week off, I will talk about it uh, the following week when I come back on the podcast. But besides that, I hope everybody's doing good. I'm doing pretty good myself. Uh, so if you listen to last week's mini episode on my quote-unquote week off, like I said, I took a midweek getaway to Nashville. Uh, my birthday was this past Saturday. So I was there from this past... No, no, my birthday was this past Sunday. And I was there from this uh, from uh, Thursday to that Saturday, the day before my birthday. And the reason why I came back on Saturday was because I didn't want to take a five-hour drive home on the day of my birthday. So, but all in all, I had a fun trip. Nashville is a great city. That was my first time visiting uh, that city. I highly recommend it to all you know to you all who hasn't visited that city. Uh, it was surprisingly clean. I'm not going to lie, I was thoroughly surprised how clean the city was. And most people actually followed mass protocol. I want to say the mass to no mass rate ratio from what I was up to was probably 80-20. You know, you wanted to be 100, but 80-20, you know, still pretty good. And traffic wasn't really that bad for it being a major city. Like, it wasn't congested like it is out here in Atlanta or in L.A. But uh, I think I only got, like... Traffic only got congested once while I came to a complete halt just one time throughout the trip. And the Airbnb I stayed in was about 30 minutes outside the city. But it didn't feel like a 30-minute drive when I wanted to go in the city or do something. And gas was fairly cheap in Nashville. I want to say the lowest I saw was, I think, $1.73. And the highest I saw was around that $195, $197 range. But overall, I had a great time. I know you're probably thinking, listening to this, but Jacko, what you do when you went to Nashville? Well, I'm glad you asked. So let me tell you what I did on my trip to Nashville. So Thursday, you know, got to my Airbnb, uh, chilled out for a little bit, for like an hour or so, then went and grabbed some hot chicken, you know, which is like a staple in Nashville for what I've been reading. And the spot to go was Hattie B's, probably one of the more popular hot chicken spots in Nashville. Uh, there's other like smaller like mom and pop shops that uh, make hot chicken, but Hattie B's is like the... I compared it to like the Chick-fil-A when it comes to the hot chicken places. And the sandwich I had from Hattie B's, it was good. There's a traditional hot chicken sandwich with coleslaw. I uh, took the pickles off and I, I don't eat pickles. And it had fri- and I had fries and peach cobbler to go with it. I can't lie. After I had that peach cobbler and that 
uh, hot chicken, I was swamped after that. But I had to, you know, walk the food off. So I went sightseeing around Nashville. And I visited some, and I visited some popular, you know, uh, tourist spots and murals. And um, it went on my Instagram. I, I took a picture, you know, of, uh, of, you know, the downtown skyline both at day and at night. And I saw this mural that says, Nashville looks good on you. And I took this, like, this, this pretty good. I'm not a photographer or nothing, but I took this pretty good, in my opinion, black and white photo of that. Surprisingly, that uh, Nashville mural was on the side of someone's apartment. or uh, Yeah, it was on the side of someone's house. So I had to make sure I take that without them uh, seeing me. But after I got back, you know, to the Airbnb, I chilled for a while, uh, you know, took a shower. I think I watched the basketball game a little bit. I can't remember who played that night. Then I went out for uh, that night's activities. And I bought tickets that night for something called, they called it the Music City Murder Tour. Basically takes you to all these places around town where people have been murdered or popular spots that are haunted. Um, I know that's not for everybody, but I'm a sucker for the supernatural. Like I believe in ghosts, UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, all that good stuff. And also, I like true, true crime podcasts as well. So that was uh, right up my alley. And uh, some of the sites that we went to on this a trip and just to make sure that you know what happened at these sites were real i did do some research afterwards uh of these places and all these are true uh first was this place called uh it was a site of they called the nashville building jumper like in 2016 this dude made his way to the top of this like 30 30 I think they said 31 story building and then he jumped to his death and the reason why he jumped is still unknown to this very day in the next uh place we went or the other stops on the trip was um i think the Her hermitage hotel i think i'm pronouncing that right and and they said in room 912 they said like i can't remember they think back in the early 1900s a baby crawled out like the crawled out that window and of course uh fell to his death and people claim if you're on that floor you could hear like child's cries and crawling in the middle of the night I think that, I think they said that room's closed. I don't know, but I'm not gonna be staying in that hotel. And the other one was a place called Skulls Bar. It's uh, down this place. It's called Printer's Alley. It's like literally this alleyway full of bars and restaurants. And we stopped at this place called Skulls Bar because in 1998, the owner was killed in a robbery after closing. They said his throat was slit by the robber, and um. When they caught the, you know, the murderer, it turns out he was a janitor who worked at that bar. And a tour guide told us that the owner's blood was on the, was stained on the floor and they couldn't get it up. So they had to, you know, put a new floorboard over that floor. Because, of course, you don't want to see someone's blood on the floor. And people have proclaimed that when they went to the bathroom, they heard a loud knocking on their door. And when they opened the door, no one was there. So that was my Thursday, Friday. Um, woke up, you know, of course, went to the Nashville Farmer's Market. I got there, I think they said the place opens at 8, but I got there at 10. And I didn't notice when I got there. When I got there, the restaurants opened till 11. So I just sat there for an hour uh, just waiting. But I did get some uh, boba tea while I was waiting. Boba tea, which is great. If you didn't have it, I highly recommend it. It's very good. It's basically this, I don't want to say milkshake. It makes you just drink, you know, you get whatever flavor you want. I usually get, like, chocolate milk, and it has, like, these tapioca balls at the bottom. And, you know, like I say, you get in all sorts of flavors and whatnot. And during uh, my time there at the farmer's market, I was there probably about a couple hours. 
I got some Chinese food, Korean food. I got some Venezuelan food. I got some, uh, what else I got there? I bought some, um, I think, caramel corn. I took it back, you know, home with me. And after all that, I was pretty stuffed. So I had to walk the food off. So I went to the zoo afterwards. First time ever going to a zoo. I wasn't going to crack this cheesy joke. Well, of course, I'm going to say it now. That's that I've never been to a zoo, but I've been to an underwater zoo, you know, an aquarium. Uh, but in the zoo, I saw giraffes, tigers, zebras, bears, all that good stuff. But what really shocked me was how big a damn rhino is. Like, when I went there to, you know, to the rhino expedition, I walked there. Like, first thing I saw was this big, huge rhino, like, 10 feet away from me. And I was like, God damn. And I didn't realize a kid was next to me with their mom. I don't think the mom heard me cuss next to her kid. But I was like, man, these rhinos are big as hell. And after walking around the zoo for a couple hours, I ain't going to lie. You could tell this how I'm getting old. Like, my feet was killing me after I was walking around the zoo. But after the zoo went back to the Airbnb, chilled out, they went to dinner that night. And I went to this place called Stock and Barrel. It's in downtown Nashville. It's in this neighborhood called... The Gulch, I think I pronounced that right, G-U-L-C-H. It's like the hipstery part of downtown Nashville. And I, and I had another hot chicken sandwich at this place. You know, Nashville is known for this. So I wanted to try hot chicken at different places. And let me tell you this. Well, first off, I can tell how hipster this place was. Because the place had no windows or no glass windows. Like, they were like, you know, yeah, there were no you know glass where the window was. So when you got there, I just felt this breeze um, just, uh, you know, just, uh, just coming in. But let me tell you about this hot chicken sandwich meal I had at this place. This is probably, when I got done, this is probably a top five meal I've ever had, uh, from the fries, which was perfectly seasoned, by the way, just simple salt and a little, little kosher salt and pepper. It was just like, I felt like every fry was perfectly seasoned. Like, like all the fries caught the seasoning. And you know, when you go to some places, you have that, like, Zaxby's, of a, for example, you have that one fry that has no seasoning. Then you have that other fry that is just flooded with seasoning. But the fries at this place, every single fry was perfectly seasoned. Just simple salt and pepper. And a little, I got a little hints of rosemary uh, in there, too. And if you don't cook, I'm not, I'm not proclaiming to be a chef or nothing. But when you cook with rosemary, you could tell when something has rosemary in it. And that would just, that's like a little accent that's put those fries um, over the edge, but the sandwich was oh, the sandwich was so good. It was like the bun was super soft. The chicken was like perfectly covered, you know, with you know perfectly seasoned, perfectly covered, not too hot, not too cold. And it had like, this garlic, I think it's called aioli, like this garlic aioli or something like that. It just put the sandwich over the top. Uh, after that night, you know, I was like, man, this is literally top five meal I ever had. In my life, but like I said, after after that, my night was basically done. After that, I did drive down Broadway, which is like the big popular street, all the restaurants and bars uh, downtown. But it was super packed. I didn't feel comfortable being out there, so I was went back to the Airbnb that night. And of course, a uh, Saturday, drove home. But the festivities still continued. When I got home, I went to lunch at this uh, fusion restaurant uh, in uh, down our, in our downtown area. I had this Korean cheesesteak. Korean food is highly slept on, first of all. I've been to a couple of real good Korean barbecue places, but I had this Korean cheesesteak, and that sandwich 
probably top five sandwiches I ever had in my life. Then on my actual birthday, I went to this Japanese restaurant just to treat myself. Then went to the mall, caught some shoes, some uh, Nike Cortezes, uh, black and white. I, I, I used to call Nike Cortezes the Kendrick Lamar shoes. And I, you know, I went to another store and caught me a shirt. So safe to say, my birthday weekend went really well, and I'm glad you took the time out just to listen to me talk about what I did on my birthday weekend. Even though the college football season has been back for a couple weeks, in the South, college football doesn't start until the SEC plays. So the SEC is kicking off their football season this Saturday. The teams will play an all-conference 10-game schedule with the SEC title game taking place on December 19th. And from articles I've been reading, I think the NCAA said it's the school it's up to the school's decision to determine the percentage of capacity of fans allowed in the stadium or play with no fans in general. So in this segment, I won't look at every single team in the conference, but I'm going to look at the teams who I think have the chance of winning of the SEC. First, we're going to start off with Alabama. Returning a good number of players from last year's team, you have Mac Jones returning as a starting QB. I can't lie, he played good in the Iron Bowl and in the bowl game against, uh, I think they played Michigan in uh, last year's bowl game. He got Najee Harris at running back returning and probably a first-round pick and more than likely the best running back in the nation entering the season. And he has um, two good receivers coming back in, Jalen Waddle and uh, Devontae Smith. And, of course, it's Alabama, so they're going to have a good defense at the bare minimum. And more than likely, they're going to be one of the favorites in the SEC uh, and make the playoffs if the playoffs are still a thing this year in college football. And notable Alabama games this upcoming season, you got October 17th against uh, Georgia. You have November 14th at LSU. It's going to be a little different now since there won't, there's only going to be 20% of the crowd in Death Valley instead of, you know, a full capacity crowd. And, of course, uh, November 28th against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Well, speaking of Auburn, next team we look at is the Auburn Tigers, my team, War Eagle. And, uh, and I expect a lot of improvement from Bo Nix this upcoming season. We can't use the he's just a freshman excuse no more. Uh, granted, he did show some flashes last year of you know poise in the pocket, uh, but I feel like, like I said, I feel like he's, I feel like he's, I feel like he needs to improve, and hopefully he did that within this uh, off season. And I think he's still going to have to use some of his legs and his mobility to make plays like he did last year too. And we got some good people coming back. At wide receiver, you got Seth Williams, Eli Stove, and Anthony Swartz. Hopefully, we get Anthony Swartz back into the offense, run some jet sweeps, some slant routes. Because he is literally one of the fastest dudes in college football. He's like a, I think, 100-meter champion entering Auburn. So, let's get him more incorporated in the offense. And, of course, um, with our starter running back, Booby Whitlow, who transferred I think he transferred during the offseason. Uh, we'll have a running back by committee this year, which isn't a bad thing. A lot of the college teams do a running back by committee. And we're starting to see it in the NFL where two, where two or three backs shares the workload, uh, to, you know, to keep them fresh during the game. And most of the defense is returning uh, to Auburn this year. So we're going to be solid on that side of the ball, too, in notable Auburn games uh, this year. Of course, we got a second week of the year or second week of the season, October 3rd. Uh, versus Georgia. I think they switched it up. I think this year, let's say if COVID never happened, 
they were going to start playing the Georgia game in October rather than late November, like traditionally. And of course, other in other games in October, you have LSU coming to town on Halloween. That's going to be a good game. And of course, like I said, the Iron Bowl, November 28th versus Alabama. Next team we're going to look at is Georgia. To be honest, I don't know what to expect from Georgia this season. They had a dual third quarterback, I think from Wake Forest, who transferred, but he chose to opt out, so they'll have another transfer quarterback. I think he's from USC uh, making the start. And, uh, you know, he's your more traditional drop-back quarterback like your Jake like your Jake Fromms and your Matthew Staffords. And notable Georgia games this year, like I said, October 3rd at Auburn, October 17th at Alabama, and November 7th, their annual cocktail game against Florida. But, like I said, I don't know what to expect from Georgia, so I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia had at least three losses this year or before the end of the season. And next, Florida. Florida is one of the favorites to win the East along with Georgia. To be honest, I don't know who who was all returning to Florida. I know think the quarterback, uh, Kyle Trask, that's his name. I think he he's he's uh, one of the notable starters returning uh, to the Gators, and they got a couple you know notable games this year: October seventeenth at LSU and November seventh, the annual game against Georgia. And then finally, we're going to look at the defending national champs, LSU. Safe to say, I'm highly confident that LSU is not going to repeat this year as national champions. Lost a lot of notable players from last year's team, such as Joe Burrow at quarterback, uh, Edwards Hilaire at running back, and Jefferson at receiver, and a few people off the defense. Also, their best wide receiver, who posted play this year, and top 10 pick Jamar Chase, chose to opt out this season. And I saw a joke on Twitter saying that Jamar Chase was at LSU's first practice, and he saw what the quarterback was. He was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to opt out. Uh, but <laughs> notable LSU games this year, October 17th, Florida, Halloween against Auburn, and November 14th at Alabama or against Alabama. I expect another good season from the SEC. We probably won't know the clear picture on who's going to go to the title game until the last couple weeks. Um, I, th- I think that's with, with, with 2020. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't find out. You know, if we didn't... Um, if, yeah, if we didn't know who was going to play until the last couple games. But to recap stuff, SEC starts this weekend. All teams are playing the 10-game conference schedule with the week off and the SEC title game being December 19th. So last week, Sony finally revealed the price and release date for the PlayStation 5. Uh, the event took place last Wednesday. I remember early last week, PlayStation posted something. I want to say it was Sunday or Monday saying, Hey, we got a showcase for the PS5 uh, this week. So what happened in the showcase? Well, the showcase lasted about 45 minutes or so. Like I said on my mini episode last week, at first I was like, why this event 45 minutes? This event only needs to be 10 to 15 or 5 to 10 minutes. So, hey, here's a PlayStation 5. Here's how much it costs. Go on with our day. But right when I said that, they showed us gameplay of the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. And a lot of the games they showed at this event were the same ones they showed back in the June showcase where they, you know, revealed the PlayStation 5 for the first time. Also, a couple new games they showed as well, but I'm getting to that a little bit later. But first, let's talk about the Spider-Man game, the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Um, yeah, we finally saw gameplay of that game. First impressions of the gameplay, to me, looks great. The graphics look crisp and pristine. And uh, in the game, they showed, uh, I think it took place at the block party first. And the block party was interrupted by the quote-unquote main villain. 
I say that because there may be a twist like it was in the first game, but eventually we saw a fighting gameplay of Miles in the suit and a lot of the same game mechanics as was in the first Spider-Man game, but it highlighted Miles' abilities that makes him different from the Peter Parker's Spider-Man, like his, like his invisibility and his electromagnetic powers. Overall, I thought the gameplay, what we saw was great. I am definitely getting this game, or this is going to be the first game I get whenever I get the PS5. And the other games they showed at this event that they showed at the event in June was another game I talked about called Deathloop. Um, a quick premise on Deathloop, if you didn't listen to the first episode, uh, basically in this game, you play as an assassin. He has to kill eight people in one night to stop this time loop. But while that's going on, another assassin is trying to kill you uh, to prevent, you know, that. And uh, I think if they kill you before you kill the eight people, you have to start all over. I assume they haven't really cleared that up yet. Hopefully, whenever we see gameplay of the game, which we haven't seen yet, it'll clear up, you know, how the story will take form. Uh, because this is it is an interesting premise, in, uh, in my opinion. But we have to wait a little bit longer for this game to come out. I think initially when I first... Uh, talked about it it was going to be a launch title on the uh playstation 5 but it's got pushed back it just said quarter two 2020 so it's that's usually oh that's going to be in the J april to june range for that game to come out and the other game we saw was uh resident evil 8 no gameplay of this game just another short clip and this game will be put out in 2021 but some new things they showed us they showed us some gameplay of the new call of duty game black ops Cold War, uh, they showed a mission gameplay, uh, which I thought looked good for the new Call of Duty game. Has some, it, it shows a couple features new to the campaign. I can't remember what it was. Um, I think you can, you can use someone as a shield, as, as a human shield. I think that's that's new to the Call of Duty game. I don't, I don't remember that being in the last year's Call of Duty game. And also, they showed a new God of War. Oh, uh, just a teaser for a new God of War game, sequel to the 2018 game which I still haven't beat yet. I got like six missions left in that game. And it said, uh, I think they said Ragnarok was coming. I think Ragnarok is with Norse mythology, which the first game was. So they're staying in that uh, sort of realm, no pun intended. And um, that game is set to come out in 2021 from the trailer. And now let's get to the release date and price reveal. Okay, so the PlayStation 5 is set to come out November 12th which is a Thursday, it's kind of weird, and two days after Microsoft put out their Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. You got to enunciate the, the, the um, you know, the, yeah, you got to enunciate, I want no, no one to be confused. Funny thing is, uh, I saw an article thing yesterday saying that people were accidentally pre-ordering the Xbox, thinking it's the PlayStation 5, just find that a little funny, but like I said, PS5 comes out November 12th, $500 for the traditional version, the one with the disk drive, and $400 for the digital version, you know, without a disk drive. And if you get the digital version, I recommend getting an external hard drive in that one to two terabyte range. From what I've been reading, uh, PS5 games will take up a lot more space on the system. I think the five has twice as much storage space as the four, but with, you know, a game taking up more space, if you're the type that likes to buy a lot of video games and play them, uh, it's going to fill up your PS5 pretty fast. So I can re recommend an external hard drive for that extra space. It's a great investment. I have a two terabyte hard drive right now and I haven't even put a dent in that thing yet. I think I only filled up, had it for about two years or year. Yeah, about two years. 
only filled up like 25% of that thing. Like I said, that's a two terabyte one. And um, and I know I'm not the biggest computer person, but I know one terabyte, or ask someone you know who knows computers, one terabyte is a lot of space. I think one terabyte would do would do good, but spend a little extra money to get two terabyte. I think on Amazon, they have, I think a terabyte is like forty. A ter an external hard drive for one terabyte is like forty dollars, and um, I think for two terabytes is sixty dollars. About the price of a game. A little upset because when I bought my two terabyte hard drive, it was like eighty dollars. But hey, oh well. But like I said, yeah, if you are thinking about getting a digital version, I recommend a. Uh, external hard drive for your extra store space and some other things or features on the ps5 they're having something called playstation collect playstation plus collection uh, basically it's ps4 games you can download at launch they have a short list of available online but of course some of your heavy hitters in playstation or your first party games uncharted and god of war are the two that stuck out to me but i assume they'll add more games to the list once the you know once the ps5 has been out for a couple months and see how does this collection option work also i do not know how the save data will transfer if you have these games on a previous system and another big question about the ps5 was backwards compatibility well it looks like the playstation 5 will have backward compatibility with some of uh, playstation 4 games i can't remember all the ones they said but i've been reading articles that uh playstation 5 won't have backwards compatibility for PlayStation, you know, PlayStation games ranging from the PS1 to the PS3. That's all I know at the moment. So after this episode comes out, maybe in the future they will change it because I don't want no one saying, "Hey, listen to your podcast, Jacob. You said they ain't gonna, they ain't got uh, backwards compatibility for the PS uh, games one through three, and they just announced it." Well, I'm just telling you right now, as of now, from what I know, they're not gonna have backwards compatibility for those older system games. They that may change. In the near future, so I'm just you know covering my butt on my end. But to be honest, I'm indifferent to this whole PlayStation not having backwards compatibility for PS1 through 3 games. I know a lot of people online were talking like, "Uh oh, Sony's in trouble. Uh, PS5 ain't gonna have backwards compatibility." It's like, come on, you know, like we 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 buy these new systems to play newer games, and usually when a system puts out a remake of an older game. People like to rack on. I was like, dang, y'all ain't got no new games. Y'all just remaking old games. But to me, I don't have a big issue with uh, the PlayStation 5 not having backwards compatibility as of now for uh, games on the older systems. And now let's get to the pre-order madness of the PS5. After the event was over, a lot of people were happy of the release date and price of the PlayStation 5. Because like, man... This PS5 cost about damn $800 and turns out it was way cheaper than we thought. Then I got on Twitter. Everybody was like, okay, we're happy the PS5 got announced. So when so when and where we can pre-order it? Because they said nothing in the showcase. Then PlayStation put out a, a, a tweet. It wasn't just a regular tweet. It was a reply to another tweet uh, PlayStation put out earlier saying, hey, pre-orders will, be, will start today at some retailers. And it'll be available to pre-order tomorrow everywhere. Apparently... All the big retailers like in Walmart, Amazon, Target, Best Buy, GameStop, EB Games, if that's a thing in your area. Apparently, all them was like, nah, we're going to uh, start our pre-orders right when they announce it. So I hopped back on Twitter, and someone I followed was like, hey, I got my pre-order from Target. When the Target already sold out. So I called GameStop, and I asked um, when they'll be able to have pre-orders for the PS5. And then they didn't even know it was announced. Then when I went to Best, well, when I called the Best Buy one on the site, 
I had one on my cart ready to pay for it. Like I said last week, it was my birthday. I was going to, you know, I was going to turn up for a quick second and buy a PS5. The site crashed. And when I got through, uh, pre-order sold out. And I went to Best Buy early the next morning before I hit the road in Nashville. And they said they sold out in 10 minutes. And the employee said, um... They didn't. They don't know if they don't know if they're gonna have any pre-orders anytime soon. And Amazon put out something that said if you pre-order your PS5 with them, you may not receive it the day it comes out because it's it is it is in such high demand. Basically, my biggest critique of is that PlayStation could have handled the pre-orders a little better. They could have gave us an exact day like Xbox did by saying, hey, you know, pre-orders pre-orders start for this system. On this day, I think it would have ran a lot smoother. And a couple of days later, PS5 put out a statement on Twitter saying, Hey, it's our bad. We should have handled uh, this situation a lot better. And they said that more PS5 pre-orders for retailers will be available soon. And there should be a lot more PS5s ab available toward the end of the year. So, when will I get one since I wasn't able to pre-order one? Well, I do. I had this connect. Not going to say his name. He know who he is. He wasn't to the podcast. I do have this connect. Uh, he, he said he may could possibly secure a pre-order. But uh, I told him, hey, man, if you do, you do. You don't, you don't. You know, it's whatever with me. Uh, we're still going to be friends afterwards. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if I don't get one drop day, if I don't get one drop day, I'm probably going to wait a little bit. I'm not standing in line on Black Friday in a COVID line to get one. I'll try to find one Black Friday online or Cyber Monday, whichever one, uh, whichever one will have it. But I already signed up for a couple notifications on I think Best Buy and Amazon when you know next time they come into stock. But hopefully I'll have one towards the end of the year, at latest around Christmas time or early next year maybe. Well uh, hell, I even thought about doing an unboxing video to put on my sites whenever I do get uh the PlayStation 5. Never done one. I might just do might as well do one. I feel like this is a this is a special occasion to have an unboxing video. But wrapping things up, PlayStation finally announced the release date and price of the PlayStation 5. November 12th, five hundred dollars for traditional, four hundred dollars for digital. Pre-order situation was crazy as hell. Could have handled could have been handled a little bit better. Sony apologized for it. But that's all I have for the PS5 as of now. And you know me, I will, I will try to keep everybody up to date on the latest news regarding the PlayStation 5. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and overall support of the podcast. Like I always say, I will not be here without you, the listener. Y'all take care, y'all be safe out there, and I will see y'all next time.